okay good that we are at this point because uh, you know shankar our guest speaker uh, he is the founder of uh, audies it's an award winning headphones company based out of california and uh, you know he is basically one of those guys who has a community of audiophiles and best guy best person to basically tell us more about audio uh and 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 what all we can we can do with it so welcome shankar first of all um to the to the builders club yeah i mean thank you for having having me it's um looks like a fun community uh, yeah, yeah yeah so we are a very very high energy uh you know passionate group of uh, startup founders who are trying to build products in their respective domains a lot of students a lot of first time founders few uh serial entrepreneurs few investors you know it, it's kind of a small microcosm of of a startup community that we have built uh so welcome first of all um all of those uh, you know who don't know shankar so shankar uh, shankar uh, is technically you know he he has a background in product uh, he has a long list of companies that he has been you know uh, working for and currently he is the ceo and founder of audies uh it's a headphones company based out of california uh works in the high end domain uh, uh headphones and probably you know will delve deeper into uh, what kind of uh, you know what exactly do they do they do um he has worked he has worn multiple hats as uh, as an engineer as a cfo and you know for audies he has he had bootstrapped this company right from uh, you know right from the beginning raised seed capital went through series a and actually established a manufacturing plant which is way away from from the comfort zone of a of an engineer or of a, of, of somebody who's who's a product guy um so yeah i mean i think uh, we can we can start off the conversation uh, so hello hello sankar how's it going i'm good, good thank you for the kind introduction No, no, sir. I mean, I think you are a very soft-spoken guy. You don't talk much, uh, as in at least whatever conversations we have had. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, uh, your your uh, your nature also kind of brushes uh, off the the community here. So, sir, uh, just wanted to know a little bit about you. Why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey till till Audis till now? What all have you done? You know, where have where did you start? uh you know how exactly what are the opportunities that came your way and how exactly did you end up with the idea of audies and then building audies sure um i mean i hope it's not too boring for uh, many of you no 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 not um yeah i went to a small um college in um, southern india called coimbatore that's where i i was born there and i've only lived in two cities um coimbatore and los angeles um and coimbatore there is a um private college called uh, psg and uh, they have a very long history of entrepreneurship and um most many companies out uh, in coimbatore were started by alumni of psg and uh, one of the reasons uh, we we even had way back in um, mid 90s we even uh, in psg had even an entrepreneurial society and uh, they used to encourage entrepreneurs and stuff like that this was part of the uh, we even had one course in entrepreneurship in the college so this was something that um, you know always fascinated me 
um, I'm a first time entrepreneur in my family. Uh, I don't think anybody else has been an entrepreneur in our family for generations. So this was a, um, you know, uh, and I also did my internship when I was studying at a company called Roots in Coimbatore. It's okay. a very interesting company in the sense that uh, it was started in the 70s by um, by Mr. Ramaswamy, who came back from Michigan. Uh, he studied at uh, University of Michigan, came back and started a horn factory. And they are- Horn factory? Horn, yeah, for car, car horns and stuff like Cars. that. Cars. Yeah. And it is perhaps the biggest uh, horn manufacturer in, uh, at least in India. Um, yeah. if not uh, Asia, right? So they export horns to, even when we were, when I was doing my internship there, they were exporting, they were making horns for all the Toyotas and Mercedes-Benz and exporting it. And uh, what we saw was the area around that company had completely developed to create a lot of small manufacturing uh, companies that would supply things like uh, rubber gaskets to magnets to things like that. So it was uh, very fascinating to see something that was completely made from scratch uh, at Roots. And um, and the other thing that uh, created a very interesting thing for me was one of my classmates, um, Anand. He's a VC now in India, uh, Anand Chantashekaran. Uh, he does both. Uh, he does angel investing both here and in India. Uh, Anand, uh, both of us used to hang around quite a bit in college days and he came to Stanford and immediately started a company. So that uh, basically I saw people starting things that uh, made, um, you know, made me think that I wanted to start something also. So that's how um, um, that was before Odyssey, but um, and then I used to design video cards. My main, you know, I worked for a number of years uh, designing video cards for different applications from computer graphics to video cameras. And in 2000, I think uh, five or six, I start saw the company, this company called Red. Uh, they started manufacturing movie cameras. Um, and Jim Janet, who was the founder of Oakley, started this company and they completely changed the whole movie camera business upside down. Uh, Panavision went out of business in two years. Uh, you know, RE oh, was two years. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a humongous change in the movie camera business because till that point, movie cameras used to cost about $100,000 to $150,000. And people used to the rental houses used to buy the cameras and rent it. And Red came in 2008 and made a camera for $17,000. And all the cinematographers started buying their own cameras. And that was a huge shift. And uh, by 2010, Panavision was out of business. RE was struggling and only the German government's help actually helped RE to survive. Um, it uh, so that that was actually a combination of these things. So we started Odyssey almost like a hobby. Uh, we made some headphones and uh, uh, just because we were I was used to making things with thin film before. Uh, so we found that this new thin film that we were using was very good for making high-end headphones. 
so we adapted this technology and it took me 2 3 years to convince myself that i should quit my full time job because it was paying well um and then slowly we started the company i think uh, i've been doing this full time since 2013 okay wow so that's been like what almost 7 years now mhm yeah oh. and uh, i think you have seen the whole journey of know headphones being you know a commoditized thing then become specialized and now things are moving towards wireless now um so you've seen the whole journey now right yeah yeah so it's been where interesting. Go, ahead. go on go on go on go on go on sir it's been interesting to see multiple companies come there's a lot of companies that have come and did well there's a lot of companies that have completely raised a ton of money and disappeared as well so it's interesting to see both sides of the uh, um you know uh, story so where does where how do you segment the whole audio uh, audio uh, ecosystem and where do you put audies there when where, how do you people how do as 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 a company how does audies uh, you know segment the whole uh, ecosystem and where where does it position itself sure um audio is a very um, mature area as uh, even headphones for example if you look at it um the first uh, headphone company probably so so if the first headphone company is um the companies that started making headphones were bayer dynamic actually in 1924 it's going to be almost 100 years right uh, uh shore is 1925 Sennheiser is 1945, AKG is 1947, Bose is 1964. A lot of companies that have had decades, not you know, century of uh, expertise in this area where they have built up their brand. So, um, it and many of these companies have also tried many of the things that we do today in early 70s or 80s and stuff. So, it's not an area where humongous change occurs overnight um there's some companies that have changed it like beats for example did a amazing thing with marketing and uh, distribution that changed the whole industry uh but if you see there's also companies that have raised significant amount of capital that completely disappeared overnight um mm-hmm. uh, so so there have been both sides on this story but for odyssey um what we think is we want to play the long term game um we are not here for we want to be like um, one of these companies that was started 100 years ago um like sanheiser for example that does some really cool things and really high end things so what we have been what we are focused on is to see how can we do this for the long term so our goal is to not you know if you look at the market as a bell curve um what we where we think we can compete and do well is the long tail right so there are multiple niche areas in audio where we think we can make a significant difference so we would like to go to one of these areas like for example audiophile is an area where we are very well established we are in the pro audio market where people use us for mastering and mixing now we are more or less in the you know entering the high end gaming audio so we want to have these um, long tails where that is where we can build a community where we can build a um 
market that is passionate about high-end audio and good audio and then slowly create multiple um, markets in this and eventually grow grow these markets a little bit wider so that's at least our goal um, we are not going for the middle of the bell curve where there is a lot of uh, you need a lot of capital a lot of uh, distribution and uh, it's also a lot more risky uh, for yeah. us to go there how do you how do you look at the competition i guess you know the way you are putting it it's basically a legacy uh you know all the all the competitors and all the players in the ecosystem are technically people who have been there since almost what 50 60 70 years now uh, mm-hmm. and you started almost you know just probably you know not even a decade ago uh, surely you must have seen an opportunity or somewhere a need gap uh, that that uh, that uh, you must have identified so can you can you just help us understand what was your thought process when you were starting a company because as you rightly pointed out so you know the setup cost is high uh, it, yeah. it requires money so where did you get the thought and the you know the validation that you know if i start a company today and which requires this much money i will succeed how did how did that go about okay um yeah, I don't think we actually did all that stuff. Uh, I think uh, entrepreneurs, um, many of them at least, not everybody, but uh, are a little bit naive um, and they think they can do something without realizing all these things. So if I had probably thought through everything at that point, I probably wouldn't have started it. Um, uh, and as I said, it requires a little bit of um, um, uh, naivety. and. Uh, when we started Odyssey, we didn't. I didn't really think of it as a full-fledged business. Um, I thought it was something cool that we could do that nobody else could do at that point. Um, the odd, uh, the second thing that I think uh, that allows us is um, to do this is in 2008 and nine when we started this as a hobby, we could reach the consumers directly. We didn't have to go through all the distribution channels and we didn't have that setup cost. So this afforded uh, us the ability to make things in a small scale and start things and build a community around it and slowly grow. Uh, this might have been much more difficult in uh, early earlier period because of these established companies. And once we started, we also realized as a smaller company, we are more nimble. See, these companies are all huge. They have enormous uh, um, overhead costs and stuff, and it's very hard for them to turn out and make a small headphone in for a niche community that would only sell a million dollars or something per year. So this is, I think, the combination of factors allowed us to make this. But also what happened was when we made these first headphones, they were markedly different. It was, um, you know, uh, we could not afford a lot of things. For example, when I first went to make a plastic injection molding, they said the cost of making a mold to make this would cost me forty, fifty thousand dollars And at that time, it was a lot of money for me and I didn't want to spend that much money. So we found a small wood, worker, a wood, wood workshop near our place and we made the rings out of wood. And when I showed it for the first time, people thought it was all super cool because it had wood in the headphones and, uh, uh, pe- you know, some people started referring it to as um, steampunk design. So we just 
wrote upon it and we said ah this is super cool so you know it um it not just used wood but also we used very thin film we had expertise in thin film manufacturing that almost nobody else had so this allowed this combination of things allowed us to get into the market and once people started realizing and audio is a you know high end audio and even the sound engineers is a very com- um, is a community that's extremely passionate about it so one of the first people who tried our headphones said hey you know you should show this to ya rahman right it was just and then i said how do i go show it to him he says oh here i'll introduce you so i showed it to ya rahman in uh, i think 2010 he loved it and he said jankar you should quit your job and start doing this full time so we got lot of validation when you know somebody like rahman comes in and says your product is good and he had no reason to say that right he had just won his oscar he was uh, in 2009 and he was people were waiting to see him and he took time to meet with us uh, meet with me and listen to the headphone and spent hours trying to listen to it so that gave us a lot of confidence that this was not just something that um, um a flash in the pan that but we should concentrate on making this into a product no that's interesting you know if if you so i guess from what i understand it's quality you know you people have have basically the core of the product is the quality of sound that comes from from the headphones and that's all that the focus is correct and that, that's that's one thing that we could make a significant difference in so our north star for odyssey is always the sound quality so whatever product we make we want to make sure it sounds extremely good and best in class so interesting so you also mentioned community i think mm-hmm. you know uh, odyssey has uh, a, a sizable you know offline community as well a community both digital and and offline who basically swear by the product Uh, would love to know how you you folks you know created the community around audio files a lot of things grew organically because of word of mouth right when uh, people heard the sound quality they would just go and tell somebody else um i think i post i sent a video um and a couple of screenshots to you don't know i didn't know how yeah, to yeah, yeah, whole yeah. thing i'll i'll share it in the in the water cooler chat also so yeah. so what happened was uh, as we started making things two things happened one was we had no experience in manufacturing so it was actually very difficult to get the product initially people had to pay and wait for 2 3 months to get the product because we would just buy uh, material with the money it was uh, in the initial days it was just very messy um and it was also very difficult for us to go and find a manufacturing company to make these because the volumes were very low right these companies like innovation and uh, all these big outsourcing companies would be willing to talk to you if you were making 100000 headsets but nobody really wanted to make 1000 or 2000 headsets and this was before 3d printing all those things so it it was an interesting time so we um one of the initial reasons was because it was very hard to get these headphones that also created a um bigger surge in people talking about the headphones and then um what happened was we also had uh, people that would order them from um places i didn't even know at that point um they know you know and many of them turned out to be very influential um they would go in and talk about these headphones and at one point we even started getting people who started getting tattoos of our headphones and posting pictures online and uh, 
it's very even now it's when i see some of these tattoos it's very surreal for me because it's it's um uh, i might not even get a tattoo of my own headphone but it's very um yeah it's very interesting right. to see how other people perceive it and then we also had a lot of musicians started using it um stevie wonder would stop by our comp factory once in a while uh we would have uh, wow. neil come in um and we had all these people come in and start looking at our headphones and stuff like that um one day last year actually uh, around this time uh, we saw a tweet from elon musk where he was wearing our headphones and he posted it by himself we didn't even know that he had the headphones um so it, it all these things kind of contributed um building the community so a little bit of uh, influencers um you know and people really passionate about it there is a website uh, forum called headfi and there are thousands and thousands of threads on uh, odyssey and the other thing that actually helped us was once we started realizing people had all these good ideas on how to improve our headphones we would actually go listen to them and incorporate some of them into the headphones as we made them so that this continues even today so we just released a headphone last year called Penrose for Xbox and PlayStation so once we released it we started getting thousands of comments on reddit and headfi saying it would be super cool to have a button combination for this or that and we actually um listened to them and incorporate many of these things into the subsequent firmware releases to enable people to use some of these features because um as we address a lot of um these passionate uh, user base um they have very unique requirements that are not met in some cases and it's actually good for us to listen to them no so so from what what i so uh, there are two questions actually one is when i guess you are talking about people who are technically audiophiles people who want that quality and this is not technically a consumer or a generic a, a, a generic uh, community or commodity kind of a product it's, it's a very very niche high end product so if you understand audio that's when you go in for audio is that is that what it is i i think it's a little bit broader than that right it's just initially we were just audiophiles but then pro audio community which is all the musicians engineers sound engineers all of them use it as well but then over a period of time all you know people for example um use it for things that we did not even think of um a lot of technophiles um a lot of people use it as well it's not just limited to audiophiles but anybody who listen to it know the difference right once you listen to one of these good headphones you realize Huh. it's on yeah, there's this whole raging debate around wireless versus wired thing which you know um apple started and now everybody else is emulating uh what are your thoughts on that number one and number two what do you think about companies like apple getting into the whole headphones business because now i guess a sizable amount amount of their revenue is coming from earbuds uh, and the other associated accessories around it what are your thoughts around that yeah i mean um wireless is uh, much more easier to use and the wireless technology is becoming more and more um uh higher quality right for example sony released a new codec called ldac that's very good um with the new bluetooth uh, low energy ble audio coming in 2022 and uh, we will have lot more 
um, capabilities in a wireless headphone that we could never do in a wired headphone. Um, I mean, you could do it with a phone or something as the host, but with the Bluetooth LE audio, BLE audio coming, uh, it, the spec is now published. Uh, chipsets will start appearing end of this year and mobile phones with BLE audio will start coming next year. So there is a lot of different cool things that we could do. Um, I was actually talking to somebody from um, um, a newspaper in Bombay. For example, in the new BLE audio spec, one of the things that you could do is you could have a broadcast um, you could have a broadcast mode where you can broadcast to multiple headphones at the same time. For example, if you are in an airport, you and also you could sync to two um, sources at this, two or more sources at the same time. For example, let's say you are in a, an airport, you could be listening to your mobile phone, but also tune into the Bluetooth radio of the airport so that you don't have to take your headphones off every time to hear the announcement. You could the headphones could take both sources, mix it, and seamlessly provide it to you. But even for fitness or other applications. But um, even going further, for example, if I were in India, and let's say I'm listening to a movie on my TV, right? Um, for example, my wife understands Hindi. I do not understand Hindi. So every time she watches a movie, I put the subtitles on and it irritates her to no end because the subtitles are really, really funny because they don't translate yeah. very well. Uh, for example, I saw um, Lagan once and it said Jai Bajrangbali and uh, the subtitle would say Hail the Monkey God, right? And it, it okay. so it, it no, so, but what we could do in future is the TV could send two streams of audio, one in English and one in Hindi maybe, so that I could listen to the Ooh. same audio, what she could do, but I could listen to the English version of it uh, while she listens to it on the speaker. Right? So there's a lot of new opportunities that are going to come with wireless audio. Um, for, you know, There's also mainstream ones like heart rate sensors and other things we could incorporate. So there is a lot of things that will open up over the next few years in wireless audio. So we are trying to do both. We will do the wired versions, we will do the wireless versions, and we will have options for customers to do both. So my my one one of the things which you know again, sorry, I'm just extending this question one one uh, bit more. Mm -hmm. Since wireless is 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 going to be the future, and of course there are multiple applications around it. Does that mean that the wired has to go? No, I mean you could technically do both. For all our headphones, we have both wired and wireless options, right? You could connect it by wire, and you could have a wireless connection also. So in fact, with our gaming headsets right now, we even provide two radios. Um, for example, in our new Xbox and PlayStation headset, you we have a wireless dongle for 2.4 gigahertz audio so that you have low latency, right? For gaming, low latency is super important. Bluetooth has a latency of about 200 millisecond. So we um, provide a wireless dongle that you could connect to the Xbox, but we also have a Bluetooth radio that's independent of the 2.4 gigahertz radio. So you could connect to Discord on your phone so you can chat with your friends at the same time. Uh, and then we mix the audio inside the headphones. So we have a mixer in the headphones that allows you to mix both of these. 
in our other headphones Mobius, we also do this with a wired option. So we have a wired USB-C or a wired uh, 3.5 mm connection, and you could mix your Bluetooth audio. Um, so I don't think there will be some use cases where you could have both. Um, and there are some use cases where you have to use only wire uh, because of the type of, uh, for example, you are in a studio and you want really low latency. Um, you are playing a guitar or something. The wireless latency is still high. The lowest latency yeah, yeah, yeah. we have been able to achieve is 18 millisecond right now. And that's too high for some musicians. So I think there will be both, and uh, but wireless will be mainstream. Do you have a product uh, in the market? Yeah, yeah, we have been in the market since 2013. We are... Uh, Seven years old. Yeah, it's odyssey.com. We are probably the biggest headphone manufacturer in the US, technically, because we are the only ones who have a comp factory. But uh, we do have uh, tens of products in the market. Uh, we have uh, sizable revenue this year, uh, last year. Uh, we are in the gaming market and the audio film. We have over 400 distributors uh, or dealers and distributors worldwide. Every if we, we even have dealers and distributors in uh, India to Asia to Europe everywhere. So producer is based out of uh, out of the US actually. He so I'm in Mountain View. A... I'm in Mountain View, California. Mm -hmm. We are in uh, Orange County. We are, our factory is in Orange County. Tell me a little bit about manufacturing in the U.S. How has that been? So um, manufacturing in the U.S. and manufacturing in California are actually two different things. Um, yes. In California is even more difficult to do than uh, in um, uh, in the U.S. Uh, because of EPA regulations and stuff. And we are actually a um, company that manufactures a lot of different things that normal audio companies don't do. For example, we make our own thin film. We make our own uh, type of magnets. We have a patented type of magnet that we use. We etch the circuits here in Orange County. We make the film here in uh, in the U.S. Um, so, so we do manufacturing. We technically, Odyssey is a transducer manufacturer. Um, so, and the reason for this is because of two things. One is uh, the technology that we do and uh, the way we do this is very different. And we have developed almost everything in-house. So it made sense for us to start our own factory because of the volumes. For our gaming headphones, when we started doing the gaming headphones, that's when the price problem came in because the average selling price of a gaming headphone is about uh, $50. And the cheapest headphone we used to make was about 600 or 800 So what we had to do was to find a way to manufacture these things in a cost-effective way, at three nine two ninety nine to three ninety nine, we are probably one of the most expensive gaming headsets. Um, so what we decided to do was only make the transducers here for the gaming headsets, but the final assembly is in China uh, of the headphones. So b most of our high-end headphones that musicians and uh, sound engineers use, we make almost everything in-house. A um, few years ago. We actually made a product uh, called um, um, EL8, EL8, and uh, that one was the first headphone with a lightning connector, and we were in all the Apple stores uh, worldwide. Um, so we did, uh, but then the lightning connection, everybody preferred Bluetooth, so we stopped making the product now. But we were in all Apple stores, and uh, um, we are in all micro centers and stuff right now. 
we were not we are not in the apple stores anymore because we don't make that product but we are in all micro centers in the us we are um, i think we are on best buy online uh, amazon everywhere um, and in mountain view we do have a couple of dealers i think so but but manufacturing is a little bit difficult because um, one of the things that um, we had a problem is um, etching because most people the one of the biggest problems with the, making the type of headphones that we make planar headphones is we um, we make a thin film we then coat it with aluminum and then we have to etch a circuit on this and these films are about two microns thick um, to give you an idea my a normal average human hair is about uh, 100 microns thick so we have these very thin films that we have to etch and in 2012 we started running into a problem because um, there was this uh, magnet company that got sued um, by california because some children swallowed these small magnets and uh, that was the first case where the owner of the company got personally sued by the department of justice so it was one of those cases where the llc shield was penetrated meaning even though it was a company the guys started getting sued personally and with epa regulations um, there are two things that fraud and one is um, epa regulations that can get you sued personally so we wanted to make sure that you know with chemical etching there's a lot of acids and stuff so you you have cradle to grave responsibility for those things so we created an, and patented a new method of etching with lasers so this allowed us to actually bring the cost down and uh, make almost everything in-house and be competitive price wise to even manufacturing in china of uh, uh, these diaphragms wow. so this enabled us to start the factory here in california so we do we don't use any chemical etching in any of our products we use lasers to etch okay so my question is uh, how has the consumer behavior with respect to audio products in general changed since the time you launched and now like seven to eight years down the line now what are the differences and differences in behavior with respect to consumers change this yeah when we started out there was more like wired headphones and people um, expected uh, sound quality was the only criteria but as we uh, with now with new products especially in newer markets like gaming it's not just the sound quality we have to also worry about the user interface and ease of use and all these things um, so uh, I think I'm, I'm not sure if it is a change because of the time, but it's because of new markets that we are encountering. So um, the audiophile, its market is still sound quality. Um, it could, quality trumps almost everything. So people are willing to wear headphones that are heavy, cumbersome. Um, they will live with it if the sound quality is great. But as we move um, to more regular markets sound quality is uh, has to be good but also user interface has to be good the other thing that we also realized is is initially we had no industrial design you know we it was form follows function this is what we could make but then industrial design and other things have become very important how the headphone fits how we do we manufacture it so we um, uh, in 2016 15 and 16 we started working with uh, bmw bmw has a design center in uh, Los Angeles and they also do design for other companies besides BMW so it's a full design center called design works that's where they designed the BMW i3 and all the i8 electric cars and stuff we approached them and they thought we were interesting enough and um, so they helped us design products um, the ELA design and the i sign products so and it also 
gave us an enormous amount of um, uh, credibility because uh, design work started to BMW design work started to work with us and it also taught us a very important thing on how they think of the design process you know like in a five-year term and then they work backwards so that's basically what we follow now we try to see how to develop products for five years down the lane and then work backwards on a two-year three-year timeline to see what we could do in two years and three years so that we can go to the product we want in five years so i just wanted to add on to the previous question and ask if the pandemic has any in any way impacted the uh, uh, your company the revenue or the audio industry in, as in a gen, as general yeah in two ways uh, one is um, positive is a demand for our product is increased um, we are shipping almost everything that we can make on the on the flip side manufacturing is very hard with all these things um, we do have a factory here so we had to social distance every employee we had to move from one shift to two shifts to reduce the number of employees present any time so we start at 5 in the morning to 1:30 for one shift and then from 2 to 10 for the next shift so that we can separate out transducer manufacturing and final product assembly and um, testing everybody um, it, it's very interesting um, challenge keeping up manufacturing in these times that's a, that's a very interesting point actually because the labor right now it's, it's a very sensitive uh, situation especially in the US now I guess. yeah Orange County is actually in whole of California is actually really bad uh, hi sir uh- uh, I myself is starting an audio accessory brand in India. As you, uh, you might have heard about Sound Collar, uh, the one Bose and Sony mm-hmm. makes. Yeah. So I am planning to sell that in India. If uh, you could give any insights, or even if uh, I was thinking because there is no market for that right now in India. So is it possible to sell in India or not? This is there a market things. for it anywhere? I'm not sure how many people prefer uh, a device like that uh, where it is open and other people can listen to what you listen, right? It's it's kind of a very, um, I, to me, it looks almost like a audiophile kind of niche market where people who are alone in their house are doing calls and stuff can use it. But I'm not convinced that that kind of product has mainstream what is the use case? What is the use case that you are going in for, Rocky, uh, with this product? Cycling uh, while uh, you are walking. Because right now, uh, even if you see in Mumbai, there are very small houses. Uh, so if you are watching a TV at night, uh, your parents cannot sleep. Or if it's a Bangalore, uh, Delhi, Mumbai. So these are the things uh, which disturbs you at night. So cycling, then. Um, Watching a t- uh, watching TV at home, uh, then while you're working, if you want to listen, because in earphones or headphones, what happens? Uh, you miss out on your surroundings. Lot of uh, if you can see online as well, lot of accidents happen because you are not aware of your surroundings, right? So this is the uh, case uh, we are building on. So I can I can comment on two things there. Um, one is cycling. I'm an avid uh, cycle by you know I bike hundreds of miles every week. Um, so it's almost unusable for biking or cycling because of the wind noise. Okay? okay. So the wind when you are biking you are going to get wind noise and one of the things that have wind noise cancellation 
a little bit are usable yes. i personally prefer bone conduction headphones for biking or cycling okay it's not the best of the sound quality you can still hear your surroundings and it, yeah. it the wall is see there are uh, even sports earbuds for example bose has introduced something called sports buds glass buds yes, over the uh, years over the years one it's actually on the top of your pinna it's really uncomfortable almost like a hearing aid um i have one of those but uh, i don't think i can use it also for biking i tried it um it's the problem is is to when you're biking you have to increase the volume significantly and wind noise becomes a big factor so without wind noise cancellation it's uh, very hard to use these kind of uh, things bone conduction works a little bit better because you can hide the things under your helmet almost uh, for usage inside the house when you are watching tv and stuff um i think there are two use cases actually um not just the tv watching but even when you are watching mobile phones and stuff like that you might be watching you know um i i still think for at least half the use cases privacy is a concern because you don't want other people hearing what you're hearing right uh, even if it is a movie for example mm-hmm. it might have some really uh, weird content that you might not want everybody else to hear even though people don't say it outside they personally prefer to uh, listen to it themselves so i think most cases you can use uh, bluetooth headphones um and inside the house when you're watching tv outside noise is not a big concern second thing is most of these headphones will have a transparency mode so you can hear outside and inside so i think the use case of listening to tv you can address it with regular bluetooth headphones with different form factors from uh, uh, bone conduction to over ear to in ear all of those with regular bluetooth and especially with the bluetooth le with multi stream string uh, syncing and stuff can address it um the over the shoulder headphones are uh, you know unique uh, i think a little unique i'm still not convinced it's a big market okay another use case uh, we were thinking of uh, single moms so if um, the child is sleeping or something and they are uh, talking or they are watching something on phone with earphones or headphones and the baby cries so they won't be able to hear if anything happens they won't be able to uh, they won't be able to give their attention because they wouldn't know only right so those were an, uh, another uh, use case we were thinking of i'm not convinced still i'm i'm not trying to be negative here i'm just not convinced for no, that no, that's Very fine um the reason so that... i'm saying this is is because of two things okay um like i said almost every new bluetooth chipset that's coming out from qualcomm to new you know media tech to everybody else supports transparency mode right and almost all these this will become a standard feature in most bluetooth noise cancellation headphones where you will have transparency um so you could easily address this with the transparency mode and you could still have good audio right it's like when you want privacy you could do privacy uh, private you could turn it off and turn it on with the neck head uh, neck band headphones you cannot do that you can only have a transparency mode where you you know other people can hear to you what you're hearing and uh, i i think it's 
I think this is a case of a having a product trying to fit a, a market to it than the other way. I think it's um, we do have a product that could address this market rather than hey here is a market we are we have a problem that we are trying to fit uh, f- uh, solve. I think uh, one thing which probably Rocky was probably was he's trying to do and correct me if I'm wrong here and we'll probably switch over to the next question after this is is the is the fact that. Uh, Probably the technology that you're talking about right now, at least in India, it's not available at the right price point. So I'll just give you an example. There's this company called Boat. And there is mm-hmm. another company called Leaf. They are basically following a very Micromax kind of a model right now, wherein they are getting good quality headphones manufactured in China and selling them at a very, very cheap price. And they have mm-hmm. been able to become a sizable enough company here in India. So. Uh, they are not targeting quality. They are rather uh, giving you a good value for money. As in, they are good quality headphones, good looking headphones, mm-hmm. elegant ones, but at a very very throwaway price. So probably what I understand, what uh, what I am getting to understand from Rocky is that giving these features of transparency mode, etc., mm-hmm. uh, at a probably a cheaper price than the ones which available with the high-end ones uh, correct me if i'm wrong rocky no no you are absolutely right yeah i um i think you have to look at it like 18 months down the lane right so if you are trying to start something now and trying to establish something you will have to look at what products are going to come at least 18 months from now right and if you look at the chipset companies most bluetooth chipsets coming out of the market now um will be in headphones in 18 months, right? Because uh, the cell phone, mobile phone chipset market happens in about 18 month cycles now. So the chipsets, all, all these new chipsets will have noise cancellation to some degree, whether they are very good or good, they will all have some noise cancellation, right? They will all have some kind of transparency mode built in. They will all have some kind of AI assistant built in, right? Whether it's a sensory based one for Google Home or something, because these are being integrated into the A6 right now. And almost most headphones now coming out, even the cheap um, uh, headphones here in the US have these kind of features starting to appear. So in 18 months, you're going to have many of these things available for uh, in the chipsets. And whether it's uh, boat or um, noise or anybody like that that has these kind of headphones will be basically using the these chipsets. And once you basically build on, decide on a bandwagon, right? Like whether you're going to have Qualcomm chipsets or MediaTek or Micron or uh, something, and you're going to use their Bluetooth chipsets, these are the features available to you. And it's basically a dollar or 50 cents difference in the cost. Um, I don't think that would be a big problem for Bolt or anybody to integrate um, into their headphones. So I, you know, that's at least uh, my take on it is, um, these are not high-end features. These are checkboxes that almost everybody will have to have. Sir, uh, so thank you so much for your input. Uh, it was really insightful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey Shankar, so 
I just had like people, uh, people were having discussion around audio and all. So I had a pretty uh, related to like uh, your professional career and all. So as you said, it was like it was a point where you were thinking to uh, either you have to quit your job and like do it in a full time startup, or you have to continue with your high paying job. So it has been like uh, most of the cases. So I'm a student, okay. So I have been thinking about the same thing. So what do you? What is your point of view? So like uh, to uh, try to explore uh, startup world in my college, uh, in in my graduation stuff, or maybe like after you get a job and then save money and then go for a startup. So any input on that? I think it really depends upon your individual, um, you know. Uh, conditions right like what what you actually have to do so in my case it was uh, very two things that made it really simple one was um, when I was doing these video cards and stuff um, it was a high paying job and um, I thought you know doing something like this where I go out start something completely new from scratch and would this make me more, you know, even if the product, um, if the company fails to take off or there is a big problem, you know, um, I could come back to the workforce and there was, it would actually make it more attractive for a company to hire me um, with because I have more experience doing things from scratch and I would have more, you know, wider experience. So this uh made it easy for me to go in and say okay i'm going to give it a shot uh second thing was obviously odyssey was getting momentum we were making revenue so it made it a little bit simpler and the third thing as i said it's a personal uh situation right uh how where are you and stuff like that in your uh, stuff so one of the things that made it less risky for me was my wife was working right and uh, i was married by the time and my wife was also earning a lot of money. So it made it simpler for us as a family to decide, I can give this a shot and it's not going to create a big problem for us. The only problem that uh, we had for a while to decide was uh, the green card and the, you know, things like that because the visa situation was taking a long time, but that got solved um, and it wasn't a big problem. Um, I personally think entrepreneurship is very rewarding very satisfying and um, it's also a lot more fun i this uh or disease probably the most fun uh work i've ever had you know how many times do you get people making uh sending you tattoos of our headphone uh, our logo or uh, seeing a tweet from Elon Musk and stuff like that. I don't think I would have been able to do some kind of cool things that. Um, so I, I think if you have a chance and it's not too risky, I think give it a shot. And if it feels right for you, give it a shot. I don't think it would be um, you could, you know, at least that's my take on it. So basically, whether you pass or you fail, it doesn't matter is the journey that it actually matters. Correct. And and I think it took me a while to understand that also. I right? question. Can I go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi. Sorry, go on. Okay. Uh, so it's been really great listening to you and all the best to your company uh, and everything. I just wanted to know from you, like, 
when it comes to manufacturing a product i'm taking uh, like india for, for an example here so when it comes to manufacturing a product a technological product especially so what do you think uh, are the differentiating factors when you know that uh, there are a lot of other competitors and how do you how do you make uh, make your product stand out from all the competitors and yeah create a brand i think that you know you have to figure out um one or two areas where you can differentiate um at least a little bit ahead of other people because whatever you make other companies are going to if it's successful other companies are going to um either have the same feature or similar feature right so as a smaller company probably nimbleness is one of the advantages so you could do things ahead of everybody else for example when we introduced our gaming headphone we knew it was a crowded space but we want to also wanted to create some kind of differentiation so when we did this in 2018 actually right we put uh, accelerometers and gyroscopes inside the headphones so as you turn your head we do head tracking and it creates uh, um creates virtual speakers outside your head right so it creates like this this feature is now in the latest airpods right they introduced it just now but a uh, similar feature right to create a virtual surround sound with uh, head tracking but we had this feature in 2018 right and it was a very big differentiation uh, compared to almost anything else in the market so it gave us a lot of um, publicity um, and made us known so i think some things that differentiate you um, are necessary and something that will have people they they have to find it useful not very gimmicky they have to find it useful and some you know it solves a particular problem the reason we did this was initially we thought um uh it would be a useful feature and actually one of the studios in los angeles actually had a problem um it's a longer answer but i'll keep it try to keep it uh, so universal studios came to us in 2016 or 17 and said they are doing more and more deliveries to netflix and hulu and everybody and uh, to do surround sound mixing they needed rooms and in 2008 when they designed their uh, pipeline for these things they used to deliver 8 or 10 movies a day so they could build eight rooms and they could have people qc audio but by 2014 and 15 they had hundreds of deliveries a day for netflix for example they would na- say i want lady in the water with french subtitles and spanish audio and um, you know made for censors so it has to be cut in a particular way and i need this in this particular format so they had a problem where they had to qc hundreds of these movies a day and they had no good way of doing surround sound mixing on headphones everybody had to have their own rooms and there is space limitations so they came to us and asked us if we could make a headphone that had virtual surround sound that was believable not some gimmicky one so we started designing a headphone then we realized gaming was a much more um use uh, market where this is more useful so we made this headphone and one of our biggest markets for this headphone is still studios buying it for post production of movies so almost every movie from coming out of some studios are QC donor headphones but we take the same headphones and we added all the features that gamers would need boom microphone 
uh, keyboard shortcuts, all that stuff. And we positioned it for the gaming market. So anything that actually helps you differentiate is useful. Um, so, so I I get what you're saying. So is it do you think is is it fair to say that uh, like you can have different features uh, like better than your competitors, and then you can find a niche market. For example, gaming in your case. And then once you establish your rapport, you make your brand stand uh, in the customer, then maybe you can come up with a more generalized product for everyone. Is that a correct way to go about it? Correct. I think that's true for most markets, not just audio, right? It's um, I have seen this being done by other companies as well. So you go to a market where it's a long tail market. You go to a market where you are concentrating on solving problems for the long tail, not for the mainstream bell curve and then you slightly expand uh, either in complementary market or adjacent markets and broaden your market um, you know hearing aid companies do this all the time you know phonak and other guys were hearing aid companies now they are coming out with bluetooth headphones um, and trying their hand um, keyboard companies for example gaming keyboards or specialized mechanical keyboards Okay, so thank you so much for your answer. Uh, yeah, so I had one question. So thing is like, uh, see, like as you said, you just like you were working on a different kind of job, and then suddenly you moved on to Odyssey, uh, like headphone manufacturing company or some kind of thing. So, uh, as uh, how how did you uh, skilled yourself to manufacture a total headphone at at that point of time? So was it like uh, you already knew about it or you learned somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from product to manufacturing, how did that transition happen? Yeah. Uh, I had good people around me, right? You know, we had our, uh, one of our CTOs was, had experience. And I had seen ex manufacturing beforehand as well at Roots, where they made stuff from scratch. This college I studied, PhD in Coimbatore, had a full manufacturing industry inside the college, um, inside the university, we had a PSG foundry. Um, they used to make electric motors and uh, pump sets and stuff like that. Uh, they did everything from casting to mold making to making the final product and shipping. Uh, they did a lot of machining. So I did have some background um, or at least some peripheral knowledge. It was not completely alien. The place where I actually had more trouble was all the understanding the finance, accounting and stuff because that's not something that I had exposure to. So basically I just took some time off, went and sat with one of my uh, friends and asked him to teach me. So that was actually where I had more trouble. So he told me to make a business plan and do all the Excel files from scratch. And uh, so I started doing the accounting and stuff initially. So that gave me some idea. I think it's just the willingness to learn. I think pretty much you can learn anything if, you know, if you have the interest in uh, putting some focus on it, pretty much you can learn. And there's also always good people that you can hire, right? So we hired somebody from a company called Star Trek that used to manufacture uh, um, exercise equipment. We also got help from BMW. They came to us and said, you know, why do you have to make headphones this way? Why don't you make headphones this way? So that changed our perception. So it, it's, um, you can pretty much learn or from by yourself or from other people. Yeah, yeah. so I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's always 
just have 24 hours in a day at the end of the day. Yeah. If you can't learn that, you'd rather have people around you who know that shit. Yeah. I have one last question. So my question is, what are some of your learnings specifically as starting a new company and becoming the founder and CEO, which you have learned probably throughout the years, which you ha- would have, which we wouldn't have learned if you were an employee in some other company. And just sum it up. What has entrepreneurship taught you? That's a very broad question. I mean, one thing is it gives you a lot of confidence, right? Um, if you start, especially if it is a successful business, it gives you a lot of confidence to do other things. Um, but I think uh, one thing that I realized. Um, this was actually before starting Odyssey that made a big difference for me is, uh, at least in India, um, one of the things that was always uh, very influential in the conversations was the success of your business and your personal success as a is always tied to each other, right? So if you are successful in your business, you're also successful kind of, I mean, this is such a big, you know, uh, and when I came to the U.S., I realized it doesn't really matter. People try different businesses. Some succeed, some do not succeed, but it doesn't reflect on who that person is. So differentiating these two had a big, very big impact on me. Um, for whatever reason, uh, because of the way people around me, family and stuff, I always somehow these two things were entwined in my mind. And once I realized, okay, what? whether you are successful in business and your business is successful is very different from your life that made a humongous difference for me god god that's that's, that's absolutely true whether the business succeeds or not that does not reflect on your own personal failures because i guess it's a learning experience yeah it's a learning experience it's multiple chances you have in life to do some of these things so i don't think there is a um as a full stop yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, there are no more questions. Um, thanks a lot, Shankar, for taking time out uh, on, yeah, on this you. Saturday. Uh, definitely, we did not guys for actually staying up so late and listening as well. And some, you know, it's very interesting. No, no. So we usually we do it this on a on a weekly basis. Usually Saturday nights are when people are usually free from work and post dinner time is when they can just tune in and listen and participate so uh, so you know we usually keep getting people uh, who with whom we can have these kind of uh, you know enthralling discussions go deep into a topic go figure out how things how they have done things and in the process also help uh, you know our community learn a thing or two um, so hope you had a had a good chance i mean just you know probably for closing words you can just share your experience with with this session and and probably we can just uh, sign off yeah, definitely. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Um, it it's very interesting. I didn't know what to expect. I listened to the previous one uh, a little bit, and uh, so uh, I, the questions were interesting. And that as I think um, also, um, you know, the whole keep. Thank you for keeping the whole conversation interesting and keeping keeping it flowing. So I hope it was not very boring or anything for other people and. Um, no, 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 not at all. It was a very uh, thought-provoking discussion as well. As you know, it's about an industry which few people know of, especially a product manager, a person uh, you know who 
who's an engineer goes on to start a manufacturing plant is itself a very interesting story uh, so we just wanted to eat your brains very frankly so thanks for giving us the opportunity for doing that yeah, definitely and there's a lot of you know the one of the things that um, as i spoke to somebody from bombay last month that's when i realized actually there are a lot of not odyssey kind of companies but companies like this in india as well that do not get a lot of exposure in the current uh, startup world but have been fairly successful roots in coimbatore precol in coimbatore precol manufactures almost all the speedometers and mileometers for all the scooters and the bikes there's tons of these companies that are not thought of as um, the new age startups because most of the focus is on uh, fintech or um, uh, you know but there is a lot of other companies that have been started in the 80s to 90s that are also fairly successful you know it, it it's a um, you know somebody actually from bombay last month asked me you know can we do manufacturing in india for a product like they were talking about the investment that uh, boat got there is already examples right so um they might not be consumer brands but there are a lot of ones doing very interesting products yeah yeah especially i guess you know the whole b2b market the whole auto industry which i guess you people are also a part of it's a big market you no know? people and and i guess you know b2b partnership usually makes more sense either ways in terms of the cac and the cltv uh yeah i mean there's so, even consumer brands right um and uh you're right b2b brands um that do enormous volume and if you see roots now they do everything from industrial vacuum cleaners to uh, uh, usb chargers so i i am a firm believer of the fact that real money is always in manufacturing if you are creating a product only then you are actually making money otherwise you are distributing money to your partners so either you are a creator or you are a broker so thanks a lot shankar for taking Definitely. time out uh, thanks a lot everyone else for joining in um, hash puppy just cause meghnath producer left a little bit early thanks a lot for for joining uh, on on a saturday and uh, hope to see you again uh, next week